Now this is an interview with Sergio Ginez, Max Vartanian, and Jimmy Flores of Chaotic Injustice on Friday, August 6th, 2021 by Nick Burkell. Now, Sergio, how did you get your first drum set? I think I was uh, seven and it was a uh, Christmas. And uh, my mom and dad got me a, I think it was a first act practice kit. And I was just practicing on that for a while, just like listening on like my CD player, playing along. And then when I was 13, that's when I actually got like my first legit kit. I got a Ludwig. Did you take any private music lessons over the years with tutors, private schools, or conservatories? Uh, no, just self-taught. What band would you say you really cut your teeth in as a musician? Like, say, Mangled Corpse or one of the other bands? Yeah, I guess I, I would have to say, like, Disavow. Okay, cool. Now, um, Max... Tell me so, about you getting your first guitar. Uh, I, well, I didn't get my first guitar until I was about nine or ten when, for my birthday when I got like this like like Washburn kind of like RG clone. But you know, my dad always had like a an acoustic guitar laying around or kind of like something like that where, you know, he he would play like a couple chords. He he wasn't you know extraordinaire, but you know. It, it was always kind of around. Now, did you take any private music lessons over the years with anyone? Uh, yeah, I'd say like the main kind of source of like, I mean, mostly for like the first, you know, I'd say like three or four years I was playing guitar. I was mostly self-taught, you know, I did have an interest in kind of like music theory and kind of like stuff like that. So I was researching that on my own time. But I didn't really kind of like bring that all together until until I started going to um, Portland Guitar Academy with uh, studying under Samantha Holmes, who I now work for. What band of yours would you say you really cut your teeth in? Uh, I'd straight up have to say it's Chaotic Injustice. This is like, I'd say like the first real chance I've gotten to really park in all my skills and like, you know, put everything together as a musician and what I've learned doing and want to do. It's cool that I'm finally getting to bring that whole experience together. Now, Jimmy, um, tell me about you getting your first bass. Um, I think I was like 10 or something. And uh, I watched that one movie, Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> and I seen that fucking Rickenbacker bass and I wanted a bass. And then I got a bass that year for Christmas and that was kind of it right there. Started playing whatever. Tell me about some private music lessons you've taken over the years. Uh, no lessons. Self-taught. Same here. Just kind of did my own thing. Used the internet. Kind of just, just kind of just did it. You know, just practice. Figure it out. What band of yours would you say you really cut your teeth in? Uh, probably chaotic injustice as well. I even for songs that we haven't written yet, I they're already going to be too hard for me to play. So I already feel like I have to step up just for stuff that we haven't even written yet. <laughs>
so Sergio, as well as the rest of you guys, what trends are going on in extreme metal that excite you the most these days? I'd say the return of fast riffs. Like, people are kind of using that modern technicality to bring back into metal rather than, I'd say, like, right now, especially with kind of, like, a lot of popular, like, death metal, it's just kind of too slow for us. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much, that cuts it. Um, <clears throat> fast riffs. And... Yeah, excited to see some people, uh, like, be really into their instruments, you like, know? Even if they didn't... in California, they're fucking yeah. a great band. They've all got, like, you know, fast riffs and fucking <laughs> shit like that, you know? Incredulous is another really good one from California. Volraven. Shout out. But yeah, uh, we're, we're just excited to see kind of like technicality return back into the music scene. Now, how long have you all guys known each other? And when did you form? Or how did you form, I should say? Yeah, that kind of started with like when uh, early, like in, in December 2019, uh, I was asked to fill in for guitars for uh, the disemboweled kind of like jam kind of stuff. And so me, Jimmy, and Sergio were doing that for a while, but we didn't really... I mean, I mean, it's great material, but, you know, we felt like we wanted to do something more our own, I guess. Well, everything we tried to write just ended up sounding too thrashy. The names we came up with for stuff, it, it, was just, it just all sounded too thrashy. It, it didn't really fit. How have things changed with shows starting to come back from the pandemic and dealing with it as a new band? I mean, obviously there is kind of, I guess, that kind of risk factor of shows of, you know, people not being vaccinated or, you know, whatever. But, like, I guess we've, we've kind of, I guess, just had our own practices to keep ourselves safe or, you know, whatever. Um, people, uh, I feel like the scene needs to kind of practice what they preach because now, you know, as much as, like, people feel like shows are getting back again, you know, people are still getting just as sick, like... <laughs> Well, it's a little crazy. Yeah, it seems like uh, things are getting back to normal. So, like, we had a show uh, lined up for Friday the 13th, and it got canceled because uh, because it just seems like COVID's coming back and people aren't really taking care of or being aware of it. So, Unvaccinated or vaccinated. Yeah. Y'all still need to be careful. Be dirty bastards. Sergio, tell me about your band. Are you, like, the main songwriter, and are you using any material from any previous bands of yours? Uh, no, we're not using any material from any uh, previous bands or anything like that. Um, and when it comes to writing, I, I feel like it's a collaboration between us three. Uh, yeah. Just like come up with ideas and like we'll send them to each other and see if we like them, you know, and when we do rehearse, we'll like run them through and see if they work out or not. But kind of just build off of each other, you know. Totally. Yeah. Share words give each other lines and you know it just adds, it, it'll all add up together puzzle piece it around yeah it, it really is it's, practice, it, practice, practice. it is really just like a group effort just to kind of like it really is kind of like a 33 33 33 distribution of like songwriting and ideas what's the philosophy of the music you create in chaotic injustice i'd say like you know combine the technicality of you know like like technical thrash metal with like, well, yeah, exactly. but like combine that with kind of, you know, at least lyrically kind of bringing the light a lot of like 
evil that is still kind of in this world that people don't realize happens every day. I mean, like, just because, you know, it's not happening in your home country doesn't mean it's not happening in the world. And so bringing those kinds of, like, events to light is something we're trying to do, I guess. Yeah, and, like, more, like, issues that are, I guess, recent and modern instead of things that people have done in the past, you know, like cookie-cutter bullshit about killers and this and that, you know, doing, you know, the other real-life horrors like that. Personally, for me, my all-time favorite instrumentals are Welcome to Your Funeral and the Ultraviolence from Rigor Mortis and Death Angel. For you, how important is it to use an instrumental in a song, and what are some of your favorites? Sergio? Oh, um, I think it's like a pretty much like a self-preference, uh, but I'm like, you know, whether you want to like include an instrumental in your album or demo, but uh, but yeah, I am a fan of them, and I I do have a few uh, I guess good instrumental uh, songs that I like, like. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, this, like, jazz fusion band called Ohm. Yeah, pretty, uh, just, like, all instrumental. Awesome. Uh, Max, you want to go? Yeah. Uh, I have a ton of favorite, you know, instrumental music, because, like, a lot of the main kind of, like, stuff I was influenced by is, like, you know, late 80s virtuosos, like, you know, Jason Becker, Marty Friedman, Paul Gilbert, you know, Ingvar Malmsteen. All, Vinnie Moore, too. Uh, just all those kind of dudes that, you know, were able to combine that, you know, shred and melody to make just a whole song with no lyrics. I I just always kind of admired that. I can th- I can personally kind of think of, like, a, a few really good, like, instrumental, uh, like, songs, like fucking um, Requiem for the Living by Jeff Loomis is really dope. Uh, Images by Cacophony. Uh, concerto and speed metal symphony by Cockney is dope as well. Um, a lot of Steve's Steve Vai's music is really cool too. You know, uh, there's a ton of different like you know jazz fusion instrumental stuff that I listen to. So I guess it's kind of hard to like pick a certain number of favorites. Same thing as as Serge said. I, I feel like an instrumental is kind of like a preference, but like at, at the same time, it, it does give us the the whole song to just like kind of go off and show people what we can musically do. And like, cause like that, that's what I kind of dig about instrumentals too. Like Inquisition symphony, Sepultura. It's just, it's just fast. It's just wrist. It's so badass. Fucking Ryan. That's a classic, you know, amazing melodies. Call six solos. Yeah. Six bass solos. You know, that's, that's a huge inspiration for me too. So I, I like to get those like nice, really shreddy um, harmonizer solos, you know, like Getty Lee, Billy Sheehan type shit. Yeah, we, we love a good instrumental. Can you tell me what it was like recording this demo and the programs it used? Uh, it was it was really fun. Uh, we did the whole thing with Charlie at... Um, Charlie Corrin. Yeah. Codehouse Record recording or studios. Yeah. He made it, the whole thing super seamless. Uh, I think he was using, like, probably like logic pro or some something like that you know we just went in set up all our stuff with the you know the amps in the different rooms to get all the cabinets like validated you know we just we kind of like jammed the whole thing did a couple takes for each song and 
we were we were done with all the live tracks within you know like a couple hours um then after that it was just like overlaying guitar parts and then vocals and we were there for what for like six seven hours and like that was it yeah it, it was it, yeah it was it was super seamless and a lot of fun and then we went in a week later to mm-hmm. oh yeah we, fresh ears to do some mixing yeah, and, and then I, I retracked the vocals yeah as well, and then did some some extra layering and stuff on that so give it some nice give it some nice mess. <laughs> what is your rehearsal space like and how often do you guys practice i mean so our our rehearsal space is pretty it's it's pretty nice i mean we've, we've got a we've got a decent amount of room to kind of like stretch out uh we share our space with another band uh lymph nodes homies homies yeah homies lymph nodes and then hardcore yeah so you know we've got you know a big window that opens up uh out to a in front of a like a train and that's always blown by so that's great <laughs> yeah i'd say we practice at least once a week twice a week when we when we can it's for able to yeah as, as a whole but other than that i feel like every individually Friday, we're practicing every day we're yeah all yeah pretty much so how long do your uh, practice sessions last at the rehearsal space um we usually get here around like 11 ish 10 and we're here in about until like maybe four thirty, five. Yeah. Just depending with breaks included, but sometimes yeah. nine, dude. Yeah. yeah. But we we pretty much go hard when we're here, you know. Um, practice as much as we can. It, it's the only, you know, like like uh, Max said, we only practice once a week, so we try to like make it worth it, you know. You guys have any uh, live performances under your belts yet? uh yeah we just want we just did this uh our first one this last july 4th uh it's up on youtube actually the the link is in our instagram bio as well it's a uh, chaotic injustice at Cess fest 2021 when's your next show coming up well so yeah we have that one lined up for this next friday friday the 13th uh but that one got canceled so plus with covid kind of like the cases kind of rising and people getting sick again we're kind of unsure about when the next shows are really going to be back in like full swing. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's kind of the other thing we're kind of trying to go for is like once these shows are back in full effect, we'll be, you know, fully ready with even more material to come back with and, you know, and more merch probably. Yeah. And, and probably have the demo on by then. Yeah, that too. Got a drop coming. Yep. Awesome. Now just wondering, what is your favorite song from Chaotic Injustice? Sergio? My favorite song would have to be uh, probably Vicious Reality. That's going to be number three on on the demo. Max, your song. Yeah, so I'd say all of them are really, really great. I don't really have like a particular favorite, but I'd say like out of all of them, my favorite solo to play, or like out of all of them, I'd say is probably like Population Control or or song one, number one on the demo, or yeah, Vicious Reality, uh, song number three. But then also like, I'd say one of my other favorite songs that we're doing right now is one that's not gonna be on the demo. It's gonna be on like our next kind of release, uh, Systemic Corruption. It's this, it's like a six minute instrumental. It's it's uh it's re- it's really really cool and I dig it a lot. 
Jimmy? I'm probably going to go with uh, Systemic Corruption as well. The fourth song, that's, that's not on the demo. That, yeah, it's, it's a really cool instrumental. I really like it. I feel like it. We were all able to showcase what we're about. It gets a really good grasp of our sound, too, for the whole six minutes, you know. Right now, what is the underground scene in Portland like for new bands trying to perform? Search, go first. Um, I would say pretty good. Uh, for the most part, I mean, yeah, like it seems like when new bands come around, uh, there's a lot of support and stuff that goes around. But uh, right now, with just like you know, things getting back to normal. Uh, it's been pretty bad, you know. Everyone's just been doing rehearsals for the most part. Uh, those did come back, like maybe a couple weeks ago, yeah. briefly. But now it just seems like it's going back to the same, you know, lockdown and quarantine. So, but uh, for the most part, yeah, it, it's good. Sergio, what are your three most cherished Portland metal albums? I don't know, honestly. I guess I'll have to pass on that one. Uh, yeah. Um. I guess the only kind of album I can really think of that I really like a lot that was like recorded here in Portland is uh is Paul Gilbert's solo album Behold Electric Guitar. It's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, obviously he's not from Portland, but you know, it was recorded here and he lives here, so I, I guess the only answer I got. <laughs> it counts. Jimmy, more things at once. Well, I guess go back to that question. I, I would have to say uh, Vermont Shark Attack. Oh, um, that's a that's a classic. Wow. I'm gonna go with the uh, Disembowel Echoes of Fur. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that album's fucking dope. It, it is a sick album, and I had the the honor of learning it all by ear to play in the new lineup. Yeah, that didn't get to be it. And now we got that. Yep. Just wondering, do all you guys have um, urban legend and ghost stories to tell? I always grew up in haunted houses. My my grandma's old house was haunted. Spot the basement. Wait, wait, who's speaking now? Jimmy. Jimmy. (laughs) I don't I don't know about like an urban legend or anything like that from here specifically, but like growing up, yeah. uh, Usually, like my grandparents' house was pretty haunted. There was. There's always some shit moving downstairs. There was this really weird dark corner, and these curtains were always, like, rustling every now and then. You, you'd feel it. It'd get really fucking cold. And the upstairs was also just super sketch. And, like, you would hear people running up there, but nobody's fucking up there. <laughs> Max, you got anything to say? Um, there's one old theater by my house that's supposedly haunted. I mean, I never felt anything in there, but it's, I guess, like an urban legend. Uh, the Valley Theater in Beaverton, Oregon. Uh, people say someone died in, like, one of the trickin', like, showing rooms or whatever. I don't even know. Sergio, do you have anything to say? Yeah, um, when I was a kid, I used to live in a haunted house. Uh, all sorts of shit would happen, just, like, as, like, doorknobs would move at like 3 a.m. you know when I would like go to the bathroom or 
or our room it would just be like really cold throughout the night uh it's like you know shit like that uh unexplained fires and stuff like that but but yeah i mean pretty much no as far as urban legends nothing nothing really that i know of uh final words guys uh, we got a demo dropping soon. We got merch coming soon. Yeah, demo coming soon. Yeah. Uh, Head Split Records. Shout out. Keep an eye out. Three song demo. Uh, follow our page on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, we just made a Facebook. And Chaotic Injustice. Just follow up on uh, everything there is to know about us. So. Yeah, we keep we keep it all updated pretty frequently. So you know, even on our personal, even on our personal pages, you know, like we have all our handles on there too. So it's like we're we're consistently updating people on you know what we're doing and what's coming along. This has been an interview with Chaotic Injustice on Friday, August sixth, twenty twenty one, by Nick Perkel.